morning. How's everyone this morning? Oh, yes. Well, join the club. Let everybody get to their seat. And so this week we will be uh, looking week 13. Uh, and we are going back a little bit. I know last week we were in First Peter chapter 5. But because a couple of lessons were missed, we're going back to First Peter chapter 2 today. Okay, <laughs> and hopefully I can do it some justice and we all can learn from it. Is that okay? Let us go to God in a word of prayer to begin. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come at this time to your throne of mercy and grace, bowed before you with all humility and thanksgiving in our hearts. And we're so truly thankful for this day and the fact that you chose to wake each and every one of us up this morning and to give us a sound mind whereby we would come and we would look more in depth at your word. And try to apply it to our lives that we'll be better going forward than we have been in the past. Father, we're not perfect people. And so we ask that you would consider where we have fallen short. We ask that you would throw those sins into the sea of forgiveness, never to hold it against us in that day. And as we prepare to look at your word, it's our prayer that you would open our hearts and our minds. You would pour your spirit in to participate with us and that you would give us clarity that we would be those individuals that you will have us to be according to your word and your will. And we just thank you and we give you all the praise and glory and we ask this prayer and all other prayers in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. So we are in First Peter chapter 2. Um, verses 4 through 12 is where we will begin. And so let's just start by reading those verses. Um, and just remember, we can, so let me give you a little uh, recap, if you will, because we can't, we're going back from 5 to 2. And so Peter's talking to a group of individuals that are spread out and he is talking to them about some coming troubles, if you will. And he's also talking about the expected attitude and behaviors of those of us who have been called by Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And then the last thing I want you to zoom in on as we talk about this is um, many have been called, but only a few have been chosen. And so, just keep that in mind, okay? We'll, and, and that'll come up again in our, in our lesson. But I'm going to read the passages for us so we can uh, uh, get some understanding. It says here, As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. 
For it stands in scripture, behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. And then, okay. So, let's, let's unpack this and see if we can gain some uh, nuggets from it and use it in our lives as we go forward. Okay, so. He says here, as you come to him. And so when I look at that and and I think on it as I was, you know, doing my reading and going over my notes and everything. It's important that we as Christians, that we consider that we have been called to be living stones. And I know you all have gotten used to the props, so I did bring some in today. And they just so happen to be stones, okay? And the Bible here is simply talking about us being living stones for God Almighty. Is that okay? And I was going to try to create a little house, a spiritual house here with these stones. But I kept falling, or they kept falling as they are now. So we'll just kind of leave it like that, okay? You're not perfect. I'm not perfect, amen. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. And so, right here also, um, it says, A living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. Talking about Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Uh, he was rejected by men, but he was chosen by God. And when you consider that, that could be the description for us as well. When we consider that we are aliens and strangers in this world, heaven is our goal. That's our ultimate home. So as we pass through this place called earth, we are perceived as strangers, aliens. They don't understand the things that we say, the things that we do, because we are saying and doing or trying to do the things that has been taught to us through the word by Jesus Christ. And so uh, we are being rejected, but consider he, the Bible says here he was chosen and precious. And so when you consider that, we too have been chosen. And I mentioned that early on. The Bible says many are called. Remember that, that uh, um, analogy I gave you early on in the lesson. You know, many have been called. Some answered the call. Some answered the call and went back. Some answered the call and wavered. And those there, there are those of us in here who've answered the call and we've stayed true to the word of God and his will on us in our life. Kind of like the Saul, too, if you consider it. OK, but let me let me let me just read something here, too, because it, it talks about this next part of the passage. Peter here is describing believers as living stones who are built into a spiritual house. And so now, you know, I want to take your minds back and put your imaging glasses on and consider back in the old biblical days, they had to go to the temple for their worship service, to make their sacrifices, 
to do everything where, where their relationship was concerned with God. But now we are being built up. Those of us who have been called into Christ, who have accepted the call, who have decided that we're going to commit our lives to him, we are now being built up as a spiritual house. A little bigger than this one here, okay? And we are being built up as a spiritual house to give these spiritual sacrifices and these spiritual sacrifices can be a number of things. It's um, some of, and I'm, I'm going to just give you a couple uh, of uh, spiritual sacrifices that we can consider. One is giving our lives to Christ. Two is our willingness to live according to God's purpose on our lives. Another one is giving of ourselves and our time to the Lord studying and learning more about his word and then loving and helping others especially those in the body of Christ and so we we, we started talking about um, early on in the lesson um, about us being persecuted and the plights that each and every one of us will endure over the course of our lives and our road toward one another when those things occur okay and this is one of the things he's talking about, too, loving and helping others, particularly speaking, those of us here in the body of Christ. OK, we have to work and with each other and help each other as we go through certain things. And I can certainly say you all have been that to me uh, as well as I've been going through this lesson. And it goes on. And the scripture goes on. It says he was laying. Behold, I am laying a stone a cornerstone chosen and precious and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Okay. So let's look at this and see what it's talking about here. It says here, the call to come near and, and, and it, it finds its roots in the old Testament drawing near to God in the tabernacle, the temple in worship and offering sacrifices. And I just talked about that uh, just a moment ago. Um, and then, you know, the Bible also says, um, you know, draw nigh unto God and he'll draw nigh unto you. We, we, we mentioned this early in the lesson as well. And these passages are encouraging us to give our lives to Christ, come to Christ and so forth. And be those, be, be the, uh, be those individuals that he would have us to be. It says also, however, unlike the stones of the Old Testament temple, New Testament worshipers draw near to God through Jesus Christ, the living stone. And so Jesus is our living stone and we are uh, living stones as well. And so our example is Jesus Christ. So he came, he gave his life, he sacrificed and it ultimately died for each and every one of us. And so in our walk with him, we're going to experience some, of, some, some, some tough times too. But he's asking us through our attitudes and our behaviors to fight like soldiers of his. Okay? So just keep that in mind. And then the old ad, uh, avenue to God is dead lifeless stones when you consider these stones right here these stones you know th they are useful but these are dead stones 
and we as living stone. I want you to consider this. If we had this, this house of stone right here, and then we consider we are being built up as a spiritual house, which one can do more for Christ? These stones right here can't do much. They can't talk, they can't exhibit, they can't demonstrate, can't do anything. But as a living stone, we can be more useful for Christ in our walk, in our talk, the way we deal one with another and how we deal with others, particularly speaking, when we are being persecuted and we're going through suffering. These are some of the sacrifices that we have to consider. And so the new avenue to, uh, to God is being those living stones, resurrected and, and, and living Christ. And so, you know what, as I was reading, you know, I, I had some revelations in, the, in this lesson as well, because when you consider being resurrected, Jesus died and he was resurrected. But you know what, when we have been born again Christians, now when we come up out of that watery grave, the Bible says we're new creatures. We are resurrected now to life. Now we are to experience and live a life that we probably did. Well, there's no probably to it. That we, it's a new life now. Now when people talk about us and they ridicule us and they persecute us and so forth, now we're no longer expected to fire back with the same stuff. We're expected now to give them Christ. And that could be a task. That could be a task. Just think about it in your, in your everyday walk and in your everyday lives when you have been ridiculed, you've been rejected, you've been talked about, you've been, you're just having some difficulties at the house. It's easy to fire back and represent Satan, but we're, we're encouraged here to represent Christ, okay, even in our sufferings. And then also, just as Jesus is living, so are his followers. Like living stones being built into a spiritual house. Old Testament priests were the only Israelites privileged to come into God's presence by entering the temple where God dwell. But see, now we, we have the right to go to God personally through prayer and everything. Don't have to. We 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 know long. Jesus is mediator, and so hey, we can go to God now because he he tore down that wall. Okay, and 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 here's another piece. You know, it says here being built into a spiritual house. Now I, you know, as I was reading this, it kind of brought back another passage that we talked about a week or so ago. We are a spiritual house. Okay, the Bible tells us. The judgment will begin at the house. Judgment will begin at the house. And, and, and you know, as, and when you think about that, it's not going to be the final judgment. Um, you know, we're being judged, if you will, right now. As we go through things, we are being judged based on how we respond. And so right now, we are... For lack of better words, 
you know, every year, those of us who are still working, you know, we have to go through those performance evaluations. Okay? And we're being evaluated. How we respond when we encounter certain situations in our lives. And, and so, uh, this is, we're the house. And, and judgment is beginning with us. And so, just keep that in mind. And then, last but not least, not all New Testament believers are privileged to come into God's presence by being the temple where God dwells. We, we, we should consider ourselves fortunate, blessed, if you will, because we have an opportunity to access God and come to him and to be a certain individual and hopefully an individual that God can say to Satan, have you considered my servant and put your name in there? Because if, if he can do that, then, you know, you, you, you know, obviously you will have a testimony, but he can be glorified by our walk and our talk. So just keep that in mind as we um, move forward into this. And I do have to move. So the honor is for you who believe. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. And so as we unpack this, here's what we get from now. The psalmist is prophes- has prophesied of a day when the Messiah would serve as the cornerstone for God's people. And that cornerstone, you know, I don't want to get too deep into building and everything uh, because there's a different meaning too if you don't if if you uh, if you're not careful. But the the point when you consider this cornerstone here, uh, Jesus is the central point, a uh, central part of our Christian walk. Okay, and He's the standard that we're going to be measured by. Okay, and so we want to keep that in mind. A building's cornerstone was its first stone and a reference point for every other stone. And so he's our reference point. Okay, when we consider our attitude, our behaviors, our walk, our talk and so forth, he's the standard for each and every one of us. Likewise, Jesus sets the standard for everyone else. Those who believe are honored to become part of the spiritual house that Jesus is building. Those who choose not to believe are tripped up or offended by the foundational role that Jesus expects to fulfill in everyone's lives. And it kind of goes back to that part that I said a minute ago, whereby we are strangers and aliens, you know, those who understand what Jesus has done, what he's doing, and what he will do, will accept him, be, be honored, and, and will be fine. But those who do not believe, who will not accept him, but will reject him, those individuals will be tripped up. And then he will become a stone to them, okay? All right, seven, and, that's uh, Seven and eight. So moving on down to nine and ten. And then, you know what? I, I, I did jump over a, a verse I want to look at. So just so, you know, we can have at least we can at least go to our Bible one time and y'all 
Y'all won't go out of here and say, well, we never did look at the Bible. So let's turn over to John chapter 4. And I'm going to see here. I'm going to read. Here's, a, here's, a, here's another one when you consider uh, earlier passage. Verse 20. There the Bible says, Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is a place where men ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, the woman at the well, uh, women believe, I mean, woman, believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. And the only reason I wanted to bring this out, I, I forgot it in the uh, first passage there that we read over, is um, as, 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 as a spiritual house of believers, the expectation that God has on each and every one of us now is to worship him in spirit and in truth. So we don't have to go through others. We don't have to go to the temple. We don't have to make these uh, sacrifices, killing animals and all that that they were doing back then. But now God expects us to worship him in spirit and in truth. And, and, and that, is, that is really a mouthful. I can spend some time on that right there. But because of time, I won't. But I will say this, to, to, um, to worship God in spirit and truth is to do it at a deeper level. And I can tell you with a certainty that going through the things that we go through in life does cause us to um, become closer to God on a spiritual level. And I just want you to think about some of the things that you have endured in your lives and what is the first thing that you do when trouble comes your way? Amen. She said, talk to God. And so, so you know, as hard as it may seem, and, and I know a lot of you, if not all of you, are pretty much like me. I don't always like it. I don't invite it. But I, I have a better understanding now. I truly do. Because we have been talking quite a bit here recently, okay? So, just keep that in mind. Any questions at this point, comments? Okay. Yes, sir. Yes. Okay. Yes, very good, very good. So the, the, the ingredients are just a little different, but more significant, more meaningful. Good point, good point. Okay, so I'm moving along. So a chosen people, chosen to share in Christ's glory, a royal priesthood, no longer needing mediators between us and God. We talked about that, and a holy nation based on faith as opposed to ethnicity or geography, belonging to God, bought at a price. And so 
a chosen people. Remember, we talked about this earlier, chosen by God. And I want you to just think on that for just a moment. The creator of this world has allowed you to participate in his plan. To participate. And that is that is huge. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Okay. He honors and uses those who choose to to make that choice. And so it's a choice and 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 uh you exactly right. I appreciate that. And 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 here's the reality. The beauty is if we choose to. But even more significant is he, he's allowing us, he's giving us the opportunity to participate in his ultimate plan, his plan of reconciliation. And, and, and remember, we talked about that reconciliation. Simply something broke. And then to fix it, he looked past the break and he said, we have something in common. And that something in common is Jesus Christ. And so now because we chose to participate, now he's going to use us. And that's why it goes on to say right here, we are considered a royal priesthood. A group of people who have been set aside from, from the world and chosen by God to be used and to make spiritual sacrifices to him. Through our walk, our talk, and the way we interact and deal with one with another—that's that's powerful. You know, I you know I got stuck right there as I was doing this lesson because, you know, I can consider all the accolades that people have accomplished in their lives, and this one particular accolade is the greatest of them all. You can't be, you can't get an accolade higher and greater than to be called by God and used in his kingdom for his glory, for his glory. That's selflessness on our part, glory on his part, and then the reward, he says, is eternal. So it gives me something to look forward to, hopefully give you something to look forward to as well. And then he goes on, he says, a holy nation based on faith, as opposed to ethnicity or geography. You know what? He, he, he's going, all that ethnicity and geography, where you are and who you are and all that, that, he says, listen, it's based on faith. And he's going to use us accordingly and then belonging to God bought at a price, a price that we could not pay. A price that we could not pay. But he used, uh, I mean, but Jesus stepped in and willingly sacrificed his life and paid the price for us. So God's purpose in giving us these blessings is so that we may proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. There again, that's one of those passages that should just jump out at you. I chose you. I pulled you out of the darkness. And I brought you into the light. I'm shining the light on you, not for no other purpose, but for you to fulfill my purpose. And he did. And, and, and you know, he made that uh, he made that uh, 
available to everyone, but we chose, and so he's going to use us. That's a beautiful thing when you think about it, okay? And then when you consider purpose, you know, purpose has an original intent with an end expectation. So when he originally created the world, when he originally created us, his greatest creation, he had an intention for each and every one of us, a purpose to accomplish his will. And then he says, we receive these blessings because of God's mercy, not because our merit. It's nothing that we can do to, uh, you know, no reason why we should thump our chest or anything. It's all because of his mercy and his grace and his love for each and every one of us. A love that we will probably never fully understand until the day of judgment when, or until eternity when we are able to sit with him. And, and, and he expound more deeper and more clearly about his love that he has for each and every one of us. Verse 11 and 12, as I'm coming to a close, he says, Beloved, and I could stop right there, that's a mouthful, just like Jesus wept. Beloved is a, it's a, a term of endearment. So, you know, you, we hold a special place with him. And he refers as beloved. I urge you as sojourners and exiles. There's that word, those words again, you know, strangers, aliens, sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. So that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. So here he's reminding us, just as the Israelites wandered through the wilderness, we're wandering through the wilderness, if you will, as we wander through this world. And so in the wilderness before entering their promised land. And so we're, we're, try, we're headed to heaven. That's our promised land. Uh, but he says, in much the same way, we are wanderers, aliens and exiles in this world before entering heaven. And just as the Israelites were not to adopt the pagan practices of the people they encountered, we must, we must not adopt the pagan practices of this world. And I want you to consider what's going on in the world today. And we don't have to look far. We don't have to think long. You know, when you consider what's going on in the world today, what the world considers to be acceptable, even when we are considering who we choose to govern over us, a system that was created long ago by God, um, but individuals have changed that around. And what we are willing to do to gain these powers and to, to uh, do certain things and so forth, we don't have to look far. There's practices going on in this world right here around us um, that he's saying right here that we should not adopt. There's some things that we have adopted that we might, might want to sit down, and I'm talking mainly to me. Um, but it's easy when you are 
when you are with a group of individuals, and I want to just kind of bring your image in a little bit, um, when you're with a group of individuals and they're doing certain things and you find yourself looking like the world, okay? That right there speaks directly to me because now we start to see the significance of why we, you know, uh, you told me about the dessert that I need to pay attention to early, uh, earlier. Um, you know, and these gatherings we have. I'm speaking about the gatherings that we have as a body of believers and everything. We have to consider who we're hanging with because when you, it depends on who you hang with and the places you hang out at and the things that, uh, you know, we allow ourselves to get into during the course of the week. This right here speaks directly to that because you can easily adopt the practices of this world if we're not careful, okay? And there's a lot of things that I have put down that I used to do. But there's still some things that I need to put down that I, you know, I can still be better. And so, you know what, and, and I don't say that to say that, that I'm out there running rampant now. All I'm saying is that I will not stop working until I meet him face to face if that makes any sense, okay? The room of improvement is the biggest room in my house, okay? So just keep that in mind. Now, I think I have some, oh, well, no, I got one, I got to know. The stated purpose for living honorable lives is evangelistic. So unbelievers can see our good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. And so when we consider those people that we hang out with, the places we go to and everything, here's right, this right here says, the purpose for living honorable lives is evangelistic. We, had, we just finished up a lesson uh, prior to this one, um, Natural Evangelism, I believe it was the book we were reading out of. And, you know... We don't have to go around thumping the Bible with people all day, every day. You know, I was having this conversation with some, some guys on the phone uh, day before yesterday. You know, they invite you to the, uh, participate in these prayer lines and everything. And, you know, you get on there, some of them, not all of them, some of them. You know, you got guys who want to use all these compound words and everything, and they want you to know how educated they are and scriptured up and so forth. And, and I'm, you know, and so I was just telling them, listen, you know, I don't have to do all that. It's not about me, okay? Uh, I don't have to be a part of all, everything, but because really, to be honest with you, when you consider it, our daily walk, our talk can be more evangelistic than jumping out there and doing things to be seen, if that makes sense. I'm all for living a life that brings glory to God, but I don't think I have to be on every corner doing stuff and shouting and everything bringing attention to me. It's not about me, okay? It should be about the Lord and, and, and his purpose and works and so forth. It goes on to say the world is so diametrically opposed to kingdom values that when we take them seriously, we will shine 
And that's a quote from this uh, book, Certain Hope for Uncertain Times by Glenn Newton. And, and when you consider diametrically opposed, we, you know, when you consider what the expectation is on us as Christians, the world sees that as stupid and crazy and dumb and da-da-da-da-da. You know, good now is bad, or to be bad is good, rather. Um, and then, um, you know, um, the desire to obtain riches and materialistic things and so forth has become, um, you know, the things that people are uh, pursuing other than or more or less the word of God. And so we, we, we just have to be careful in this and be mindful that we are a different people. We are a living stone. We are no longer dead stones. There's an expectation on each and every one of us. And so I want you to keep that in mind as we continue to move on because I'm running out of time. Oh, did I see a hand? Oh, Yes. Yes. I agree with you 100%, uh, and, and that is so profound. And, you know, there are things that are acceptable, you know, in certain places, even from the pulpit. And so uh, you're exactly right with what you just said. Um, and if we, don't, if we don't stay studied up and we don't stay watchful, we can start to believe sometimes that that's acceptable. It's okay. OK. And so in that, that we are encouraged to stay vigilant. Yes. Now, now I'm on. Let me say this. And, and, and you know, here's the reality. You know, it's, it's kind of like when I talk to to firefighter. You know, this officer or that officer, you can you know make your choices or whatever. But this individual can only train you to their level of knowledge and understanding. And the sad reality about that is, this officer or this individual may not be as trained up, depending on who the who the leadership was. Okay. Because if, if, if you have been brought up, and I want you to look at it from this perspective, in a house where God may not have been spoke about, spoken about, or, or the, the knowledge of who God and his word is may not be as in-depth, 
So, so you can bring, you can easily be in a situation where individuals are coming up in an environment where they don't know. And so we have to be, you know, I know um, I have this conversation a lot with people because I have done it once and I'm contemplating it again called retirement. Okay. <laughs> and, 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 and the reality is, is retirement is not because I hit a number, I can sit on my laws and don't do anything from now on. Because if you do that, then you know what? You're no longer stimulating the mind, the body. You know, interaction is important and so forth. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking those of us who can retire and live comfortably and sit back. But the reality is to do nothing. We are a spiritual we're living stones. We're a spiritual house. We've been given a purpose. And that, to me, is why I believe I will be working until I die. Okay? Because uh, I don't want to get stagnated. I don't want to uh, be a bad example. I want to always be striving because I know improvement is the biggest room in the house. And I can always improve. Okay. So real quick. Do we believe that the light of Jesus is brighter than the darkness of our nation? And this is another quote from the book that uh, certain hope for uncertain times. And do we have to be a Christian nation in order for Christian Christianity to thrive? And that's something for you to think on. Do we have to be a nation or can I start with me and be an impact to someone else and continue and continue and continue? I want to say thank you for the time that you all have come in and participated and given me to participate in this uh, lesson. I have certainly lived and learned a lot about this lesson um, but I do not regret it one bit. I hope you all have gotten as much or more out of this lesson as I have, because it has truly been impactful to me. And I hope I've not bored you with my props. Okay? Let us, let us, let us close with a word of prayer, okay, if that's all right. Dear Heavenly Father, we come yet again, and we're truly thankful to uh, be in this place that we have set aside for worship and study of your word and your will on our lives. Father, we're truly thankful for blessing us and just giving us your word in a simplified fashion, hopefully. And we just pray, Father, that we will uh, take it and apply it to our lives and truly become the living stones that you have called us to be and that we will go out and we will impact others with our walk and our talk and that we would draw others to you and that you would be ultimately glorified and we just thank you. We love you. We give you all the praise and glory. And it's in Jesus' name we pray and ask it all. Amen. All right. Thank you very much.